You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Kay Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Oh, oh and it is good to be back. Oh, it is indeed. Uh, this episode is not sponsored by Vacation Coffee. Really good coffee here in Melbourne, uh, just on the corner of a exhibition and Flinders Street. If you're in Melbourne, there's a tip for you. One of the top 10, I reckon. It's no Patricia's, but it's good. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So today we're talking about uh, simplifying your finances. Yes. And making your life a little bit easier because there is so much going on already. So if you can take some of the hassle and admin out of your finances and just make it a bit more streamlined and easy to sort of keep on top of, it's a good thing to do. Yep. So there are going to be five action points in this really simple stuff to simplify your finances. Now it's going to be punchy. So if you get to the end of this episode, our hope would be that you at least think of one of these things that you can apply maybe even within 10 minutes after getting off the podcast. Uh, if you're driving, do not put both hands on your phone to figure out uh, to delete your brokerage app or something like that. But there is something for everyone in here. So try to take one of these things away. One of them in particular, I am focusing on and I'll explain that when we get to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Go. I was just going to say, I think the biggest thing that we've both realized over the, the past five to 10 years is that complicated does not equal better when yep. it comes to your money. And the more complicated you make your finances, your taxes, your investment structures, you often end up making your life a lot harder in the mm -hmm. long run. And a really simple strategy with um, low maintenance, you don't have to check in or do much on a regular basis, can actually end up having the best returns over your long time. Yeah. Lifetime. Lifetime. Long -term. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the thing is, right, I, I think the way we currently do finance in Australia, where we have an app for this, a website for that, a login here, bank for this, I think that's all going to be done away with in the next 10 years. I think we're going to start to simplify even further. We're going to use automation as a, um, you know, as a Western world in particular. Uh, we're going to use automation to just completely change a lot of the things that we do. And I think for the most part, this will be like 
the way we go and see the doctor. Like we schedule a check-in every now and again with our finances. I think we're going to get to a point where it's all kind of running. And we can see that already happening with MyGov, where your taxes can be filed automatically. If you, as long as you've got your, you know, your tax file number, everything goes in there. Um, we've got apps now that kind of want to do everything for you. So this stuff is going to be easier and easier just to automate. And basically all you'll have to do is work to get the paycheck and the rest should take care of itself. So, okay, let's get to the five things. I'm happy to be guided by you. Number one is schedule regular check-ins with yourself. Yeah, so your finances are not something you can leave to chance. And I think it's really important that you do prioritize checking in with your Mm -hmm. finances, whether you can do it on a a weekly or monthly basis. Actually, just having that, we've said it time and time again, but having a recurring calendar invite in your diary that even if that time doesn't work that month, you can just schedule on another day. But it's just, it brings it up front of mind that you actually want to spend some time working on your finances that month and just being really proactive by maybe you're not someone who sets a budget, but just reviewing your spending for the month and going, am I happy with where my money went this month or do I want to Mm. adjust my spending so I can spend it a little bit more intentionally because I was just Apple paying every day and I didn't really think about where my money was going. Oh, Apple Pay. How dare you find Apple Pay? (laughs) But even checking in with your financial goals. So you might set those big uh, financial goals in January because I know a lot of people like doing that. I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't actually look at those goals for the rest of the year, like sometimes you can automate it in January so it just happens on autopilot. But it is a good idea to check in with those goals, why you set those goals in the first place and if it's still something you want to work towards. And even just learning as well, you want to make sure you're putting time aside for that. So I think checking your super, investing, all of this stuff, you can just put a regular calendar reminder, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly for different things that you check in with your finances. I like it. Um, I've actually had a recurring calendar invite that's been going since I think it was 2017. Wow. Yeah. Um, Do I check in every month? No, because oftentimes I get to it and I'm like, oh, I I don't really need to change anything or I just can't be bothered. And but it's still going. Like I've yep. never turned it off and it's still yep. going in the background. It's and it prompts you as month. well. Even if you don't do it, it's it's there. Yeah, it's there. And it, it, my I, what I realized is that my goals have changed dramatically from year to year. But I really only had like one or two things on that list. So that for many years it was invest a thousand dollars. That was literally like the, the the headline of my calendar reminder. And it just said invest a thousand dollars tomorrow. Um, this was like before I knew you could like automate heaps of different things, which we'll get to in a second. But um, yeah, that was the thing. And that kind of like habit began to form and it became like, eventually it became one of the big rocks that you put in your your you know, your, your jar, so to speak, your money jar first. Um, it became one of those big rocks that I put in there first just from doing that. So super easy um, and a way that you can kind of just keep it front of mind. And you probably don't need long, do you? You know, you no. can do this in like 15, 20 minutes. Barefoot yeah. had date nights, which were fantastic because it made it fun. If you can yeah. think of a way to I make it I think once fun. you've put your foundations in place and you've spent some time learning and get everything sorted, like if you know what you're going to be investing in next month, you don't need to spend a lot of time figuring out all of that stuff. So yep. once you've put some things on autopilot and you've sorted out where your money going, what your goals, it's more just checking in and making sure you're still working towards those things and that there's still things you want to work towards because a lot can change in 12 months. It can. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and if you have a partner that doesn't really get on board with the check-in thing just try and find something that they want to do and use that as an opportunity to to get them Mm. to to buy into the process some way we've talked about uh, relationships and money many times in the show and we'll probably talk about it more in the future yeah um so the second thing is reduce your number of financial goals 
Now, I think we're going to have, it's going to be chalk and cheese, me, three, you here, Kate. Like, I feel like you're going to have more than me. So, how many goals would you say you have? Just just generally, like, there's a rule of thumb. Like, how many do you reckon you've got? Not just about finances. Yeah, like, it could be, like, there's a money bent to it. Like, it's predominantly about finances. So, not like, I want to travel, but maybe, like, I don't know, I want to save X this for that or something like yeah. this. So, what I've tried to do in the last few years, and that's kind of what I wanted to get to in this step, is actually just reducing the number of financial goals you set mm-hmm. into one short, one medium, and one long-term goal because it is very hard. I mean, I love setting goals, but if you set yourself 10 different financial goals, it's very easy to uh, put a little bit here, put a little bit there, and don't feel like you're making meaningful progress towards any. And it also can like really confuse you. So if you have a really strong focus on sort of three main financial goals and sometimes, so when I say this, you might have one big goal, which is financial independence, and that could be your long-term goal. And to get there, you might put $200 a month in this account. You might put $200 a month in this fund. So I'm seeing this all like sub goals under yeah, the okay, main yeah. goals. So um, I've got this one goal of financial independence and I'll break it up into maybe there's five or six things I'm going to do um, on a regular basis, whether they're learning goals or investing goals into different types of accounts, and they they fall under that. And whether I can automate that as much as I can, but I'll just I don't see that as like lots of different goals. It's more that one main big goal and those little sub goals of how I'm actually going to get there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, a lot of people that listen to this podcast will know you for the your goal setting and how you kind of structure goals and how. You kind of work backwards from there. I only have one goal, which I was just talking about. Yeah. And it's literally like a set amount of money. It's actually this is probably it's probably too much. So just overkill. But it's, I think $2 million. Mm-hmm. I just have this number in my head. I don't, doesn't, it's not science. Like I just have $2 million in my head. And that is my thing that I'm working towards. Um, and that could happen at any time in any way, basically. Um, and my strategy to work backwards from that is basically just to save and invest as much as I can comfortably do so um, i've never said this before um but i don't really like to set goals but this is the first time and it's happened recently that i actually have this one idea in my mind Mm -hmm. um and you if you're a really good investor you can get away with a lot less i mean barefoot talked about this recently about like people retiring with super balances of 200 or two hundred fifty thousand dollars. yeah that's okay like you can definitely do that um why do i have two million dollars well just reach for the stars i guess and see how we go um you know, it could happen. And I think if you play your cards right, you save diligently, you invest early, you buy a house in a good location and you use that house strategically to, you know, to, to grow your assets. And otherwise, I think most people can, if they have 20 or 30 years, can do something meaningful where they get to more than a million dollars in net present value or net value. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. my that's my one goal. And every yeah. month it's basically like, what am I doing to move towards that? Yeah, so you're really simplifying it even a step further and just having one overarching goal. Yeah. And then everything you do in the meantime is working towards that one goal. Yeah, and I can, like, you can track it back. So, like, this is very simple in a spreadsheet. If you just have like $2 million at the top, number of years, then you break it down by how much do I need to invest per year and you can have an investment return and so on and so forth. Like, we've got a compound interest calculator in the money in the Rask Road Trip courses, there's a whole spreadsheet there and there's also the Money Smart compound interest calculator. You can work backwards from there. Um, it's pretty easy to do. Like, it, well, it's easy to do in a spreadsheet. In reality, it's pretty hard because you've mm. got to save and you've got to scrimp sometimes. But yeah, I like yeah. one goal, just one. That's yeah. fine. Well, just, yeah, keep it as simple as possible. Um, I love that 
uh, Up Money actually just released their May Buy feature where you can actually say this is the item I, I want. I see that, yeah. And it encourages you to actually save for it. Yeah. Save, save now, buy later, really. Yeah. Um, and I like that. And even when we had Dr. Imber on the podcast recently, she talked about there's actually a lot of research that says if you have – that even if that's that thing or the trip in the future that you really want, you get a lot more joy if you think about it for a while leading up to it. So you're saving money for this trip each month. You're thinking about it, you're planning it, and then you finally go on this trip and you can afford it with the money you've saved and put aside rather than buying the trip and just going on it in a few weeks' time or buying the thing right now and not giving yourself that lead up to get more satisfaction out of it. Yeah, this is a very complicated psychological uh, hack. <laughs> it's called if it, if you drool, it tastes better. <laughs> so um, you can take that with you. Uh, that's that's a free one. Uh, and it's that delayed gratification, right? It's, um, yeah. it's a really good thing. So uh, number three is close down your unused accounts, Kate. Yes. So I'm a big fan <laughs> of trying new things yes, and I are. do advocate that you can actually have more than one brokerage account. I, yep, You're allowed to that. open different accounts. You can try things out. And I think that's the best way to learn and get really comfortable with what you're doing and why you chose that brokerage account because you've had a look at others. You've opened accounts. You've had um, had a test. You've tried different bank accounts because there's lots of different options and not everything will work for your particular circumstances. So But once you've got to the point where you've gone, okay, I'm pretty happy with this one or two brokerage accounts. I'm happy with this savings account, this transaction account, this super account. I'd really encourage you to close down any that you've decided that you're definitely not going to use anymore Mm. because otherwise you've just got these accounts floating around and some of them will automatically close down after a while and they might send you a letter telling you that. Um, Some of them will just float around in the background. And I just, to make your life as simple as possible, I would really recommend yeah, closing down. If you've emptied out a super account because you've transferred, you can actually just go f- ask them to close it down. Whether it's bank- empty bank accounts, you can actually just ask them to close it down. A lot of mm-hmm. them don't have a delete account button that's simple to use. You actually mm-hmm. have to email them and ask them to close it down. But I think just keep it as simple as possible and then you don't have like statements coming through that say $0 in this account and then it's just another mental thing. You have to go, oh, why do I still have that account open five years later? Yeah, makes sense. If you've forgotten about it, you can live without it. And I, oh, and with credit cards and debit cards as well, um, make sure you if you're not using them, you close them down. Yeah, isn't that wonderful how credit cards make it virtually impossible to close down instantly? Yeah, you sh- I've in the past I've had to call. Yeah, you do. And yet they, they go through like four different people and everyone offers you something Why different. Why are you closing it down? And you're like, oh yeah. my gosh. And you just get so frustrated and end up stopping. But um, yeah, it's credit cards are one of those things that are, they, they kind of get you. So definitely can do without them in your life. Um, number four is reduce your financial admin. This is particularly important uh, for people that have multiple bank accounts, super funds, um, but investors in particular who get these statements in the mail. Yeah. Now, our broker partner on the Australian Finance Podcast is Perla, and they recently put out an email saying that you can elect to have your um, statements sent to you via email. Much better option than getting the paper things that you forget about. But not all brokers have done this. Some big brokers, Comsec, I'm looking at you, have, and I think CMC Markets, they are yet to opt in. So that's one thing. But reduce your financial admin in general. Yes. And uh, it's, this is one I struggle with constantly. And every time I say it on the podcast, I try to take my own advice and it lasts for a while. So I, I, <laughs> I say this as much a reminder to myself as anything, but all of that mail that you get when you're buying investments, um, if you can, 
set up your share registry account. Um, if you go into the ASX website, type in the code of your ETF or share and scroll down, you'll be able to see if it's computer share or link market services or one of the other smaller registries that you'll need to use to set up yep. your account. But you can do things like update your tax file number. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you might have withholding tax if there's dividends. And that's another thing you'll have to think about at tax time. Update your bank account details. So if there is a, a dividend or distribution, it actually gets sent to you rather than just held on your behalf until you collect it one day or get sent to the government as mm-hmm. unclaimed money. And then that's another hassle down the track. Um, making sure your address and your email are up to date. So, and you elect for uh, all of this stuff to be sent to you via email. Uh, you don't want to be getting those massive annual reports posted yeah, out to you. Yeah, I would shit. not recommend. Yeah, uh, they, are, they, they don't feel good and they yeah. look good, but wow, yeah. But you know how you used to have those magazine subscriptions. You just ended up with piles of magazines yeah. and you never good read them a second a time. Yep. Yes. So I, I'd recommend uh, getting everything emailed to you and just creating a system that works for you. What works for me is having a um, a folder in my inbox. I've got finances and it's categorized by different um, investment accounts or things like yeah, that where there are contract yeah. notes there. Um, but I'll have one for all the registry stuff and tax related things. And so I can either auto forward those emails or just manually move them into that folder. And then when it comes to tax time, it's all in one spot. Yep. I like it. Um, yeah, I, I do like it. I think the big one for everyone is tax as well. Uh, have a place where you can store your receipts. If you're a small business, use Xero, Myob or QuickBooks, the apps, and just take a photo of the receipts as you go. It's so much easier than just having a big pile of them. But if you do have a big pile of receipts, try and actually just have a system. It doesn't have to be sophisticated. Like my current system with like fuel and car related expenses is literally put the receipt in the driver's side door. And if it's anything business related, it goes in the glove box if I'm in the car. And that's, so I know that where they are. And then like every couple of months, I'll go in, record them, and then it's done. Um, but for anyone else, like if you have anything that you think might be tax deductible, just put the receipt somewhere. Let's, you, you mean you can just do, you can show proof of purchase in other ways, but. But just, if you forget you bought that item in the first place, like the accountant the can't sort of figure that out of out of thin air. You need to have some recollection that you bought this business or work related item yeah. to actually and, put it in your return. And accountant charges like two hundred to three hundred dollars an hour. So if you think your time's like more valuable than that, sure, let them go through your bank statements. But if you don't think that, if you think it's worth just kind of having some system, then just do it yourself and think of the best way for you. If you're a tradie, you can download a few different apps to track things like um, you know car-related expenses and so on and log di- digital logbooks and that mm. sort of stuff. And even if you've got a side hustle, potentially using different transaction account to yeah. your normal get a coffee, grab lunch account totally. because it yeah, can absolutely. become quite a hassle. Yeah. Um, so number five, the fifth and final one, which you probably expected us to say because we've talked about this on and on and on again, Kate, is? Automate your investments. And yep. this is one thing that has more than probably all the other things made my financial life a lot simpler, but it even, it it ties into the others as well, especially um, the regular check-ins. They're not needed as much if I've already automated my investment goals for the year. Um, My financial goals, I can actually automate part of them at the start of the year. So what I've planned to do can actually be enacted on a monthly basis. If, unless for some reason, my um, costs and expenses for that month change, and maybe this month I can't invest or mm. can't invest the same amount. So that would I would just deal with on a monthly basis when it comes up. But 
as much as I can, if I'm using micro-investing apps, there's usually regular contribution plans you can set up, whether it's using Roundup features. Mm -hmm. I know ING and a few other banks, I think Up as well, have Roundup features for savings accounts now. You can automate payments that go um, maybe two days after you get paid every month. You have automated payments moving from your where you get your salary straight into your uh, different savings goals account or into your offset account or wherever you want to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might not, sometimes you know, employers can pay on slightly different days. It might not always be the first yeah. of the month or the second. So if you set it a couple of days later, so it always, those automated payments always go through. Um, whether you, you can set up regular contributions via BPay or something like that to your super fund or talk to your employer about salary sacrificing. I think there's always ways uh, you can find small different methods to automate your goals and finances as much as possible. For and sure if you is, yeah. can't, even thinking of a system like a regular calendar reminder like yours that says invest a thousand dollars this month. I should have just done a set up I should, I should have just set up a direct debit to go to that bank account like on a recurring basis. Yeah. Um but I was at the time I was a contractor and I could have been paid on like the the twelfth or some days, some days it was like the 22nd of that month. Like I didn't yeah. know when it was coming in. So that's why I had the calendar reminder set after that and to, to put that money aside. And that can often help if you don't have a very rigid, I'm getting paid this month, yeah, much every exactly. month. Um, or if you've got very variable income. Uh, so the calendar reminder might work there. Even some newer brokers like Perla will say you mm. can set it up. So once this account hits this much money, it automatically invests in this, yep. which can help if you don't know how much is going to come in each month. Yep, for sure it can. Um, so, you know, you could. this is simple ways to automate your finances. Um, once you know like you have a money goal, if it's like pay down debt, set and you know which day your income is coming in, just set a direct debit to go to that account. Um, if you have a mortgage or rent and you know it's coming out on a certain day, just set an amount to go into your offset account or wherever the money's deducted from, um, set that. And if you have regular bills, try and pay them. We spoke about this recently annually uh, so that then you don't have to worry about them every month and they're also cheaper. So then again, your month to month becomes simpler um, and you can automate a certain amount of money to go to a bank account where they're inevitably going to be coming out of. And one of the things about automating is it just takes that decision off your plate every month. And it's so easy for all of us to let our finances fall to the bottom of the list, even though they're super important for actually our day-to-day living and making sure we're covering ourselves in an emergency and in the future and in retirement. And we don't put ourselves in our financial future first. And so by automating it, you can say in advance on a day where you're positive about the future Mm. and you're clear thinking and you don't, you're not rushed and pressured. You can say, this is what I'm doing for future me. And these are the steps I'm taking. And even if one day later in the year, I'm not in the state of mind to think about future me and I'm not going to be in the place where I'm going to be able to invest, especially if the market falls or the headlines are scary. You've put these steps in place in the past that will just keep actioning themselves without you having to rethink how much am I going to put aside this Mm. month? Oh, the headlines are scary. Am I going to still invest or should I just stop investing? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, small businesses can do this too. Um, like you talk about the investing, I think automated investing is fantastic. Small businesses can automate too. You can um, use zero, automate your invoices, use like automated transfers and those types of things of money internally. So you've got your cash flow buffers in your business. There are so many ways you can do this now. There's an app for everything, so go and check it out. Um, obviously, we've talked. We talk a lot about Perla on the show because well, they're a sponsor, but also. Like it makes they're the only one that has the auto invest feature other than Vanguard, I think now just Yeah, Vanguard out. Personal Investor yeah. platform you can set up. Yeah. Um, and that's super cool because it's like 
I think more and more providers will do this. Surely, yes. Managed funds have allowed you to have like direct debit, regular contribution plans for quite a long time, but a lot of them were And you can do that, right? You can do that with anything. You you can set up your own BPAY or direct deposit um, yourself. You don't need the provider to do that Mm. for you, but it's just that Perler and Vanguard kind of do it for you. Yeah, it's more the, yeah, still platforms like ComSec, they don't have a thing where you can trigger once my account hits this amount, Go and invest. It will, yeah. yeah. You you can put sort of orders on in advance, but I wouldn't really recommend that unless yeah. you've really sort of sorted out those systems. Yeah. So um, there, this is just going to keep happening more and more and we'll keep you up to date with the different ways this is ha- changing across the industry. Um, it's really exciting because it makes life easier and you can just get on with doing other stuff. Like rather than being glued to your stock brokerage account every day, you can do other things. I actually very rarely log into my brokerage account. I actually spend most of my time, because you can get your news and announcements and news articles and all that in different places. You don't need to go into your brokerage Mm. account. So I actually love the idea of having it on autopilot because I just don't want to log in. I just don't want to do that. So I like it, Kate. I like it a lot. Um, So let's just recap the five things. One is schedule regular check-ins with yourself. Um, if If you're in a couple or a relationship, Maybe you can do something fun. If you have kids, maybe it's a day when you go and you take them somewhere to do fun. They're distracted, do something fun. They're distracted. You grab a coffee, sit down with your partner and you spend 15 minutes talking about your financial financial goals or whatever it is. Yep. Number two. Reduce the number of financial goals you set and just make sure they're really um, streamlined, achievable things that you can actually work towards um, mm-hmm. and just try to avoid having like 10 million goals just try and keep it like one or two in each mm-hmm. of the short medium and long-term goal categories yeah if you want a kind of blueprint for financial goals and all that jump into rask education take the free road trip courses and download the spreadsheet there it's a huge spreadsheet covers all the courses in one it has all the calculators and things you need in there uh, we've had some great feedback from that already uh, number three is close your unused accounts what have i got that's unused I've probably got some bank. Maybe I think like most of us CUA. probably have a transaction account floating around yeah, that we're not surely. using anymore. You can Especially actually, if your interest rate hopping with yeah. your savings account, it's easy to have quite a few littered around. So go and close those. Number four, Kate. Reduce your financial admin. Get on top of your share registries. Drag those envelopes out from under your bed. I'm talking mm-hmm. to myself here. <laughs> actually open them, even if they're just chest statements or admin statements. Try and make sure you're on top of that um, and actually be proactive. Again, talking to myself here. Yep. Get um, everything Kate's via email. Yep. You know, people like dream of something scary under their bed. You look under there and there's like share certificates. <laughs> yeah. I moved house with unopened mail. <laughs> Great. Um, and num- update your address. That is also something I've got yeah, to tell really to myself. Yeah, that's really important with brokers yep. and the share registry. Really important. Uh, your driver's license too, if you have one. Um, just because all those ID documents are really important when it comes to your share information. Uh, number five is automate, automate, automate. What can be automated will be automated. That's the the rule of technology. Should be automated. (laughs) And it should be automated. So there you go. Automate your investing, automate your taxes, automate your small business, whatever you've you've got. Your savings goals. Your savings goals. Paying off. Paying off debt. Get cut rid of that, cut up that credit card after you've automated it. Um, it's a fantastic way to do it. So that's it for today's show, Kate. Um, don't forget we've got 22 ways to save and invest in 2022. That's like our mega podcast. Those two podcasts, 21 ways to save in 2021, 22 ways to save in 2022, are the biggest episodes that we ever do. Yeah. Um, and they are super popular. 
new year, new me. If you have any ideas for us, please write into us. You can get in touch with this podcast at rask.com.au. Yeah, there's so many, only so many fish fingers I can eat, so we do need some new suggestions. Yes, only so many splitting coffees that I can think of. Um, road trip, Rask Road Trip is available on Rask Education. It's a free six-module course. Like it's all big, it's multiple courses if you like, but we divided them into modules, each covering one important facet of money and life. Uh, that's totally free and if you do take the course please there's a um, little survey that we do for you when you go into the course and another survey for when you come out of the course and the whole point of that is so that you can measure the difference from taking the course and we want to do it because we want to be able to show that financial education actually does something for Aussies so if you do go and be part of those courses please fill out that that form uh it's anonymous like other than when you put your email in to receive your results it's that's that's it um and as always you can join us inside rask etfs um the name is changing of that membership service still to be decided tba tbc uh but it's 49 dollars during the month of august i think it's the coupon code afp yes um yeah so that's going to shift to a subscription model in the future so if you are wanting to become part of our members only community particularly if you're a part of our facebook group um, please jump in to the membership now um, and you'll never have to pay us again. That's the whole point. You get lifetime access until the end of August. So please go and do that um, if you hate subscriptions like I do. So uh, yeah, that's it, Kate. As always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player. 
to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.